This is the Sounding Board Podcast with Hachi and Damo. Thanks to Drinkwise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to Drinkwise. Question time on the Sounding Board for Drinkwise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to Drinkwise. Glenn DeJong from Facebook, Hachi, hits us up this week as a starting point with a one of the one of the really hard ones. Easter time, what's your chocolate of choice? <laughs> <laughs> Well, you could have played that. I, I, I was um, – Sue told us on the Sunday footy show that we could take it, whatever chocolate was in front of us on the desk on that day. There was a lot of it. I managed to snaffle a, uh, a Caramello offering, Archie, and that has always been my, from yeah. the age of six, go-to point. I'd rank it one as well. I can only imagine that uh, that cleaning out of the – I saw the desk on Sunday. I watched it in Sydney on 9 Gem on Sunday morning. We are getting the Sunday footy show nationally at the moment, which is – creating all sorts of posturing among the panel, which I talked about on Saturday. And uh, I was imagining TJ really trying to go to town on his share of chocolate. Like uh, I was just imagining him scoop from the left and scoop from the right. I can't imagine he left a, an absolute morsel behind Tony. He's a, he's a, he's been known to stuff the, the bags with uh, with every last waking thing he can get his hands on. Is he, is he known for that, is he? Tony, oh, he's an opportunist. No question. Real opportunist. <laughs> I still love the story about him getting right off track here. Did he steal – I forget how this story goes. It was Doc Larkins and he had a little fight over a uh, one of those summer log type of offerings when they were doing the turn on footy and they had a blow-up that lasted many months. But I'm, I'm a bit scant on detail, Hutchie, but it, yeah. it was a minor issue that caused a, a relationship fracture. This is from Shahid Marty on Facebook. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? It was going nowhere. What is the media obsession with players playing against the former side? I feel like the story and narrative is largely overhyped and can overshadow other stories that form. Couldn't agree game. more, Shahin, on this. There's an obsession with, uh, well, in, in, they're playing against so-and-so. Jake Carlisle's playing against Essendon, but he would know how that offensive structure works, so that'll make it extra interesting for St Kilda. It's just media hyperbole. It means nothing. Read nothing into it. it, it there's a new version of this. The assistant coach now all of a sudden is a carrier pigeon of information. All of a sudden, so-and-so assistant coach used to be there, gone here. He'd be well aware of their structures. And then here's the last one. Your, your, your coaching sins are forgiven when you go somewhere else who wins. So Don Pike's the best example of that right now. Don Pike's turned into Vince Lombardi in three games. Don Pike, <laughs> Don, Don, Don Pike was run out of Adelaide. Uh, all of a sudden, Because of the he, camp. All of a sudden, there's this media story that he's had 12 months off. He's refreshed himself. He's got. He's found his passion, and and he's single-handedly kicking the ball inside 50 to these blokes. And John Longmire was there for 15 years and drafting these kids. It had, it had nothing to do with it. It's all Don Pike. It's unbelievable. <laughs> Love it, Joel. On Twitter, when Port Adelaide announced that Sam Pell Pepper was taking some leave from the club, they said it was to focus on his well-being. But in discussing his return in a press conference, the GM said that he needs to earn respect back. Has the club tried to sweep something under the rug and it slipped up? I don't no, see not- it that way, Joel. I, I don't think they're mutually exclusive issues. Um, he, he was given time away from the club to focus on his well-being. At the same time, now that he's returned, um, there's a respect needing to be re-earned component to that re-entry to, to football. Um, I don't think that club's hidden anything specifically um, that, that we in the public needed to know about that situation. I think I'm pretty open with how it unfolded. Do you have a view on that strongly, Hutchie? I do. I, re- I read the press release and I thought the same thing as Joel. It was, it was a fascinating 
uh, and a little provocative mention from Port about earning respect back. And I'm glad Joel put it on the agenda. I see it entirely different to you. They said he's taking time off to focus on his well-being. If they wanted to give him an armchair ride back in, they could have said he's now focused on his well-being and he's ready to go. That's a drive-by on the way back. That was almost a, uh, a an encouragement chip to people to cover him a bit harder and spoke to poor behaviour before he went. So I... Yeah, it was it was really interesting, Damo. It was unnecessary. If they were okay. trying to protect the player, it was unnecessary. If they were trying to make sure the player was held to greater public account, it, it hit the mark. But it, it, okay, it, I, I hadn't read it that way. But that's interesting. Both you and uh, and Joel. Have and I, I didn't think so. I, I, I didn't think it could be. I, by the way, I thought it had to be you know one thing or the other. Like that, you can't ask for ask for privacy. And on the and say that he's focused on his well being, and then when he returns, say that he's lost your respect. Like, yeah, you know, which is it? Mm. You're either you're either focusing on your well being, and you've now focused on your returning, and everyone is respectful of that, or you're unhappy with the player's behavioural standards. You've given him a break, uh, and you've asked him to work on that. But it felt to me like a bob each way. If I was his Ladies. manager, I'd have been on the phone tonight. So what's this? Yep. Well, the manager would know about it, wouldn't he? Surely. Yep. If if what you've just said is is how it has played out, the manager would be well aware of what that needing to earn respect back is all about. Yeah, a lot of questions about the AFR report on Samantha Maiden. We discussed that at length in the main body of the standing board. Lee Jones is someone who wanted uh, to ask it specifically, but I think Lee, to your question, we have addressed it uh, in the main body. A lot of questions about uh, elbow and. Um, Anthony Albanese's uh, tactics, this one specifically from Pete on Twitter, is Albo's tactic to Steve Bradbury, his way to an election victory by letting ScoMo bury himself via media. Would, be, would we be seeing more of Elbow if ScoMo wasn't engaging in so much friendly fire? Fair question. Well, your, your brother is the one-time advisor to the um, Prime Minister, so you, you would have a first-hand account given you to advise your brother on the Prime Minister. Uh, what do you think? Well, I don't think Anthony Albanese's got anything that that that, that he's confident enough to raise to, to put a, a scare through the the government. But to, to Pete's point, every time ScoMo opens his mouth, Hutchie, I, I just I just roll my eyes. I, I just I, as I keep saying, he, he is a soundbite person. He talks in riddles, and he also takes the view that. If he says something, the issue will eventually go away, and it usually does, and he usually gets away with just not ever addressing it properly. But, yeah, to, to Pete's point, um, does Anthony Albanese just continue to sit back and let ScoMo do damage to himself? It, it's probably it's probably as good a tactic as he's got at this stage, so I don't think he's got much to offer himself, which gets back to uh, what yeah, we both I think, think of uh, politics in this period, country. It's a period of time now where he can make some ground by not necessarily swinging the bat wildly and anything. He'd be very mindful of how much Bill Shorten overplayed his hand with six billion policies going into the last election and, and uh, cracked a few eggs. So, yeah, I, I would think he's right move. If I was his media guy, I'd be saying, you don't really need to add... You can. You don't really need to add fuel on this every day. You've got to really pick the eyes out of when you go here and when you just let the ball go through to the keeper and let the narrative take its own turn. Yep. A couple more, more Hutchie, before we shut it down. Nick Morelli on Facebook. Is Sam Newman misunderstood and treated by a different standard to everyone else? I'm assuming that's in reference to Sam having a gig cancelled in Adelaide or South Australia. Yeah, I read that. What did you think of that? I'm surprised. I mean, I... I... Yeah, I think people can make their own judgments whether they want to pay their money and, and see Sam. 
I can understand why people don't want to pay their money and see Sam, and that's their right not to. But if people are prepared to fork out their money, provided it's it's not crossing any line that we know shouldn't be crossed, um, I, I don't know. Again, any establishment's able and allowed, obviously, to, to not allow someone into its uh, into its enclosure, as that establishment in Adelaide did. But yeah, I, I, I don't think uh, it was necessary for what it's worth. You? I would think that he, whether you agree with these views or disagree with them, and park that completely to the left, I disagree that he's treated by a different standard than everyone else. Regardless of what your opinion of him is, his opinions rarely uh, avoid greater scrutiny now than most people's. He's paying the price of his long-time profile. Even the slightest thing he says is a clickbait story and whether you agree with it, disagree with it, whether he's taken in or out of context uh, is, is irrelevant. He is fodder now and it's, it's um, yeah, I, I think if you're in, it, you can book Sam for an event. If you, um, yep. you should stand by that. If you're a regional pub or whatever, if people want to go, they go. If they don't want to go, they can vote by not going. They want to tell the yep. person next door they don't like him, that's their right too. But surely he's been he's, – oh, Fundamentally, as I've said to you many times, Damo, he's one of the kindest-hearted people I've ever met. Yep, yep. We'll make this last one, Hutchie. Uh, James Hawkins on Twitter. What do you think is the ideal schedule for the AFLW season? It feels like there is very little buzz for this year's finals series. Couldn't agree more. Okay, so I, I hear what James is saying. I listen to what you just say there in, in agreement with James. When... Should it be held? Well, the one non-negotiable for me is that the month of the year when we're most interested in footy is where there's the least content, and that is September. So if you look at round 22, a week off of AFL, and then the finals, there is nine games in 42 days. So the opportunity to play an inordinate amount of AFLW content in that five-week period is paramount because there's Saturday afternoon slots that are free, there's potentially some Sunday afternoon slots that are free, Thursday nights is available uh, on preliminary final weekend, often the Friday night's available, grand final eve's available, grand final Sunday's available, uh, the gap round of the AFL's available, and then I'll be playing Wednesday nights and Sunday nights as well from a television point of view. Now, for me, that means that the back end of the season should be then and the finals in October for the AFLW, or you go out further into November and December. But what I wouldn't miss is that six-week window to showcase AFLW sport. And whether that means that that is towards the end of their season or halfway or a third of the way into their season, I can kind of live with either way. But the the Mm. final should be played in October, November or December, and that month should be maximised because of the opportunity. Imagine all the events around it, and don't forget there's a big event here, and then at 5 o'clock... The big AFLW marquee game, and you know you got TV coverage, and I just think it's a wasted, wasted opportunity. Not enough content in September. Yeah, no, it's been a fantastic season, hasn't it? But to, to James's point, and I think you've just touched on it there too, Hutchie, the fact that we are now into round four, effectively of the men's season, which is when we're having the the preliminary finals for the, the AFLW competition. It's clearly impact has been eroded, yeah. even the it's um, a, the attention it's to the to the men's game. It's a tough year, don't forget. We're post-COVID, but I'm hoping some mm. good will come out of it. And I, I don't think February, March is the place for the AFLW. I really don't. Yeah, okay. Yep, okay. 
All right, you, and as always, Hutchie, you probably have answered that with a, a fair line of sight on where the officials and the authorities are thinking with um, potential around AFLW from you, even 2021 onwards. And this has been that the sounding board for DrinkWise, and if you want to schedule yourself a season to make it impactful, be sure to do it while you're drinking wise. Thanks for listening to the Sounding Board podcast with Hutchie and Damo for DrinkWise. Make sure you find us on Facebook and Twitter at Sounding Board EP. Hit the sign up button on Facebook to receive our weekly email and subscribe to, rate and review the show wherever you listen to podcasts. 